<laughs> oh, we are back. Hit that click track. Boom. It's the five Boom. on five podcast presented to you by directmusicservice.com. F I V E O N F I V E will save you some money over there. Go get some edits. Go get you some new music. We heard what you've been playing. Go get you some new stuff. Y'all need it. Hey, that shot's fired. I like that. Hey, we Ooh, heard that bullshit. We heard Go get that some bullshit. of this cool shit. Yeah, Yo, we'll this hey. little that. When we're on, when you're on YouTube, go ahead and hit the like, hit the subscribe, and ding the bell to be notified every time we drop a video. Because we just know what you've been watching easy. too. We know what you've been watching. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna get right into it. I'm one of your hosts, Phenom, down the street from me, Nick Lopez, down the street from him, Jupiter Williams, and a very special guest today. I posted on Twitter. This is a bucket list guest. <laughs> I've wanted this guy on here since we started this fucking show. He's Man. got stories for days. I've for heard days. him tell stories for days on other podcasts, and I was like, we gotta have Mike B on the pod. Make some noise. Boom, 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 What's boom, up, boom. everybody? I don't have How's goat noises. I would make goat noises right now. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Nice>. It's out there. <laughs> goat noises. <laughs> the Mike B. How well, are you good. doing, man? It's good. It's good to uh, it's good to meet everybody. How you guys yeah, doing? Man. Nice, nice to meet you, that, too, man. Bro. Thank you for being here, man. Good, um, man. What's what's happening? Well, we, you know, a lot. Well, hold, hold on, Colin. Hold okay. on. Before before you get started, Colin, I get an email from uh, Dickie, Dickie Greenleaf. Yeah. And I'm like, what the, who the hell is Dickie Greenleaf saying that he's joining our Zoom right now? <laughs> <laughs> the name oh, you changed. mean like, oh, you mean earlier? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was testing um, microphones. Perfect. Because uh, I haven't done it at home podcast in a while so i wanted to make sure it was all functional fair enough well that email was functional because that email came through i'm like wait pause but wait <laughs> no man this is this is fucking great uh i've wanted to have you on the podcast for a minute we have a lot to talk about today um i want to talk about some old some newer stuff a little bit in between uh, mike what we do every week we're just going to get right into it we compare two artists head to head their top five songs on Spotify. So it's going to get weird. You're going to go five rounds. Yeah, I saw quick. that looking at the titles. There was a lot of <laughs> uh, like uh, competitions that I was having a hard time wrapping my head around. Yeah, well, we're going to put you on one today. Uh, we're going to go five rounds, one song from each artist, and you pick a this or that. Today's artists, it's a, it's a common matchup. You hear it time and time again. Everyone always says, who's better, Nas or Bob Dylan? Yes. And that's what we're going to go with. Yes. We're getting into it right away. <laughs> yes. Why haven't uh, we done this yet? Round two one, great storytellers. Two great storytellers. Some of the best, really. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with New York ties as well. <laughs> round one, Nas, New York State of Mind, or Bob Dylan, Knocking on Heaven's Door. Which way are you going, Mike? What, what, which, which one is what? Which one which stays, one is... which one goes? To, to where? To what? Well, you, you can only, you can only <laughs> keep one pick of what, You pick it, which one you like. It, which like, one, like, which one like you for like. the which rest of my good. life, which one am I going to keep? Boom. Yes. Okay. Wait, What? what is it? Nas uh, what? Uh, NY State of Mind or Bob Dylan knocking on Heaven's Door? Oh, I'm, I'll take New York State of Mind. Okay. Uh, round two. If I ruled the world, <laughs> no or... explanation needed. <laughs> no, <Not> needed. No. <laughs> Feel free to give as little or as much as, as you want in defense of that. I think there's no wrong answer here. 
Um, round two, uh, Nas, if I ruled the world, or Bob Dylan like a Rolling Stone? Um, <laughs> I don't really need to hear either of those songs probably ever again in the rest of my life. Um, so pro- like, I'm good on both, honestly. They both um, I guess I'll take the... I've heard Bob Dylan like a rolling stone i don't know they're both so tired um <laughs> i'll take the bob dylan one i guess so i have now so far i'm taking with me one bob dylan and one nas song yep. okay fair 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 <laughs> i'll be like in my personal life i never listen to either of these people i mean i listen to nas sometimes and bob dylan rarely yeah yeah I, I kind of figured as much. <laughs> round, <laughs> round three, the world is yours or blown in the wind? Um, I'll take the world is yours. Okay. Round four, it ain't hard to tell or <laughs> the times they are changing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it ain't hard to tell. I would mostly rather listen to Nas than Bob Dylan. I can't imagine anybody would disagree. I'm so confused by this. <laughs> I love it. I would mostly rather listen to Nas than Bob Dylan. But like, I would also like, it's like they're, they're mostly songs from Illmatic too. Right. And it's I don't the top even five, it's I, like, yeah, let's ask DJ. Oh, yeah. So that's what's from their top five it's Spotify. It's the top five yeah, songs on Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. This matchup seems so unfair. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird one. Nas's best versus Bob Dylan's best is fucking a landslide. <laughs> Round five, gentlemen. <laughs> it's not about the matchup today. We have so much fucking history yes. to talk about. 100%. I'm throwing We're just you... trying to knock this out. But I love a matchup. I love a I'm good matchup. I'm throwing you a softball here to, to lead it off. Truly. Um, <laughs> Nas is like or Bob Dylan Hurricane. See, that's a better matchup. Those are two songs <laughs> that I legitimately like. Um, okay. And that I'm not super tired of. <laughs> um, Nas is like his all time, but so is the Hurricane. Yeah. That's a tougher choice. Probably the Hurricane because I've heard it less in my life so far. Bob gets one. Bob gets two. That's the second one. That's the second one. Yes, yes. My bad. So three Nas, two Bob, and nobody wins. Everyone loses. Everyone who listened to this. <laughs> it was close. It was close. Uh, lightning round. You're going to keep one, and the other is gone forever. If you go to pull that artist off the shelf, it's just an Air 404. We got nothing for that artist. Starting with who stays, 50 Cent or Ja Rule? Wait, what? Which artists are you going to keep and which artists are you, do you get? That's a fairly obvious question. (laughs) (laughs) Does anybody keep Ja Rule in this instance? I mean, so far it's only been one week of him, so. Okay. Billy McFarlane Uh, might. Yeah, I mean, 50, 50 Cent for sure. Okay. Uh, just because Ja Rule is, you know, so annoying. 
fucking fair. Have you met? He's Josh? got he's got his moments, but like it's like you know, he sits around listening to John. Overall, we're good. Have you met John? Have I met John? No. Yeah. Okay. Um. May I mean maybe I mean not like <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think we've had a, a meaningful conversation. Um, I love a maybe meeting yeah, Ja Rule. Exactly. Like, nah, <laughs> I mean, hey, Mike, this is Ja Rule. I'm an elderly <laughs> this, like, person at this point. <laughs> no, it wouldn't have been like that. If I had met Ja Rule, I would have been much younger when I was around um, that. When, when I would have been in a, in a place to meet Ja Rule, it would have been, right. you know, yeah. in the dark at night yep. uh, in New York. Pause. And it would have been... Um, <laughs> It would have been something that I, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been in the same room as John Rule, but no, I, n- I never like gotcha, had it. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. I, nothing more than maybe like waving at John Rule. <laughs> hey, I, have no, I have no personal issue with with John Rule at all. Uh, of course, God bless it's, him. It's fine. Yeah. He most likely won't be listening. We'll put a little this. note. We'll but no, I mean, if note. you, I mean, I lived in New York in in two thousand two, so there's no like you have like you have to take fifties side yeah. on this mm-hmm. for sure. Um, because that's just how it is. Yeah, fifty animal. Let's do this. Project Pat or Trick Daddy? Ooh. Why are we doing this? <laughs> this, is the- <laughs> this is. I this have is the lightning. I've round. I have spent a lot of my life trying to explain to my friends that things do not have to be versus each other, and I feel like I've been really put into a position <laughs> to answer questions that don't need answering. But I'll answer them. Good. Is there a tie allowed? No, I have to. It's like a so full Sophie's choice. So if you take a tie, <laughs> they both go from existence. Yeah. In this hypothetical scenario. Oh, well, then I'm good on 50 Cent and Ja Rule, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> they can tie. Oh, that's the rules? Nas and Bob back. Dylan can, can tie. Easy yeah, tie. I don't Ties need any of these board. people. Um, <laughs> what was the last? I mean, I love Trick Daddy so much, but I'd much rather listen day like upon waking up, I'd rather hear Project Pat. Hmm. Fair. Hell yeah. Gorillas or blur? Um blur? Okay. Fair. Duck sauce or chromio? It's a hard one to answer. Uh, <laughs> wait, what, wait, what, what are we doing with them? We're, what just one is just you're getting thrown away. You're picking who stays. Who stays? Ay, ay, ay. Well, I'll take Chromio, but only because then, you know, I feel like A Track and Armand can exist mm-hmm. on their mm-hmm. own. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. And I, love that. duck sauce. I love duck sauce. <laughs> I have yeah. a lot of yeah. love for duck sauce. It's yeah. not me. No, that's fair. Not uh, me dissing duck sauce in any way. No, no, no. no. You're all good. It's not meant to feel good. This isn't the, the lightning that's, round. Tell people that all the life. time. You've gone your whole life avoiding picking one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Tonight, well, no, it's had to be done. Uh, beet nuts or alcoholics? Now you're putting me on the spot. Hmm. You're right. You started me off easy with Bob Dylan and not. <laughs> Beat nuts and alcoholics is tough because they're very much coastal representations mm-hmm. of each other. I I feel you know what I mean. Hundred like, percent. And let's not forget that they 
came together for one super group called the Lick Nuts. Yeah. So I don't know, man. <laughs> I love the Beat Nuts so much. And on the other hand, I love the alcoholics so much. So um I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the beat nuts. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No wrong answers here. I, That's fine. I, That's I, totally- that I know. There's also no right answers. <laughs> There's no right so, answers either. <laughs> uh, uh doors are nervous. Like I feel like I lost when I had to make that decision. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, doors are nirvana you feel either way oh the doors from los angeles california Mm -hmm. yes sir Mm -hmm. um let's go with (laughs) ashanti or sierra sierra okay method man or red man (laughs) red man I love okay. the G unit, the G unit affiliation still. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Come on. Sierra, motherfucker. Get yeah, serious. <laughs> uh, well, also, just, I mean, let's talk, like, forget about, you know, G unit stuff. It's just talent. Like, Sierra's putting out, putting out music like last week. That's amazing. still, yeah. You're right. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And Ashanti is like, I don't know. She's got yeah. hits. She's got some stuff I would play, but. Yeah, I hear you. I never mm-hmm. cared about what Ashanti was doing. Beastie Boys or Run DMC? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off with a well is exactly what I'm looking for here. Beastie Boys. Okay. Okay. Beastie Boys. Because Steely Dan or Gangstar? <laughs> the fuck <laughs> does that even mean? Uh, <laughs> Steely Dan. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good. Clips or Mob that. Deep? What the fuck? Mob Deep. <laughs> Mob Deep. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, couple. There's two more in here. Let's go with Mariah or Whitney. Mariah. Okay. Prince or Michael? Michael. Okay. And then last but not least, Outcast or Hall and Oates? Outcast. Okay. That's the lightning round. Congratulations, you survived. <laughs> that was like a that was, that was some kind of round. <laughs> Left this brain, is all right of our brain. past episodes. Yeah, yeah, that's all previous episodes. Oh, those have all been done already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah in the full. So round. they're not like you. There's no right or wrong answers. So the top all, five that no the beginning hadn't been done yet. The top five happens for every episode. Okay, so all those matchups were previous top five. Right. Wonderful. Bob Dylan and Nas was never been done before. See, I feel like I only one... listened to. I listened to. The, most of the DJ Chucky episode. Did he do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Okay, I missed it then. Yeah, very good. I, I, was, I was skipping around. All right. We gave uh, a track uh, "Duck Sauce" versus Chromio. That was that was an interesting one. Yeah. What did he say? Uh, he went Chromio every time. He went Chromio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's too humble for his own good. Very humble. Yeah. <laughs> what did I take? I took Chromio. You took you took Chromio. You, took Chromio. Took Chromio you got the solo project. Then I answered right. Yeah, that's that's the right answer. <laughs> there um, we go. <laughs> 
Dude, I have so many questions to ask you today, and uh, it's it's going to be a lot of history stuff. I obviously everybody listens to our podcast. Most of the people, I'd say ninety percent, started DJing around blog era or after. So Good. it's going to be kind of blog influence today. I just want to start off by asking, what was DJ Premier's reaction being a banana split? He. He was visibly uncomfortable <laughs> um, as is sort of documented in those pictures. Yeah. And in that scenario, because he was like a middle-aged, like larger black man wearing like a big black t-shirt and big black jeans and standing by a velvet rope in the middle of the room, people assumed that he was the security guard for the DJ booth. Yeah. And so people were just kind of walking up to him and <laughs> asking That's if they so could like funny. come in or out. And then he sort of like assumed the job, as I recall. I mean, don't quote me on this because it's like, I mean, this is like 15 years ago now. But he just was like, all right, like he kind of like looked like he wanted something to do and he wasn't like super happy where he was standing. Because you got to realize we didn't have the DJ booth was accessible to the whole room. So yeah. particularly, I remember that night that Premier was there, it was like the one year or two year anniversary and we had moved it even from back against the wall to where we had it like, I guess what would now be referred to as boiler room boiler style, room. where we had it like in the middle the of mm-hmm. the room, which most people didn't do, but mm-hmm. it was even a way of just being like more immersive with the DJ booth. And we had also a lot of people playing that night. So we had kind of a double setup. And I, yeah, I remember Premier came there and there's there's pictures of it and you can see it. In most pictures, he's got like his mouth closed and his eyes like wide open. Like he's like, like he looks like shocked kind of like by where, because I just think he was like not, usually you get brought in and put at a table and given somewhere to sit. Like it was just like, here, dude, like stand over here. <laughs> And he just kind of stood there for a while. Like, and I was, you know, people would people <laughs> yeah. would come up to him and want to like take pictures and then like go away. But it's like, you couldn't, there wasn't much. I think I don't, I don't really know. Like, I, I don't know how he got there and I don't know how he left there. Like I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't get to see that. I'd, I'd gotten to see that for a lot of other big celebrities that had come through where I would go outside and get them in and walk them. And I kind of, but like, I definitely just turned around and like, I was like, oh shit, that's DJ Premier. And then I was like, oh, my God, people think he's a security guard. <laughs> and then I saw him just kind of opening and closing the ropes. And I was like, all right, that's weird. But he seems like, you know, it's nice to have something to do. And then and then he was just kind of gone, I guess. <laughs> like, I, it's not I'm glad that the pictures exist that have him in it. But right. other than that, I don't really remember why i mean i think he was just there because he him and him and am were friends mm-hmm. right. right and right. so like someone brought him there presumably <laughs> um and someone got him out of there i don't know <laughs> um i mean I'm, I'm, cosplaying as a security guard yeah banana splits is like so my funny. favorite thing ever check it out i think ellie escobar was there that night too and he saw this happen and we were like i mean there's pictures you can see in the pictures he's got like his hand on like the rope yeah um 
He's just, and he's just wearing like a black. I mean, now. he was dressed as a security guard. So it, was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was a. That is so funny. Yeah, I he never if... he never played or anything though. We had Guru, okay, um, but we never had Premiere. Hmm. He under, he probably didn't understand what the hell was being played if it was like no he did he's like a that. very very musical guy he knows what's yeah, yeah. up for sure yeah, yeah, um yeah. he doesn't it's not like he knows the names of the genres and stuff but like i don't think you could really play music that's gonna like shock mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i think musically he was probably fine like he respects mm-hmm. he's like a dj that knows what's up for yeah. sure like i've 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 dj'd with him a lot of other times yeah. Um, and he was always like responsive to dance music and kind of knows oh. what's up. Mm-hmm. That's, that's dope. dope. That's super. I was good. That was what I was gonna ask. I was like, do you feel like he was maybe too outside of his element and was weirded out? But I think it's more of the no. accessibility. Do you think was the issue? <laughs> um, yeah. No, I just think it was just. I think if you put someone in that environment, no matter what their background is. As, particularly when they're used, I think, to having their ass kissed a little, you get a little uncomfortable, which was always the idea of the DJ booth at Banana Split, mm-hmm. was AM was like, I don't want a bunch of, like, celebrity bullshit going on in here. Like, if Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan and whoever want to come here, they're going to have to be part of what's going on. Like, we're not going to have right. roped off tables. So the only reason that we even had a rope that night was because it was just to be, you know you only want a certain you want to be able to control a little bit yeah what's happening yeah. in a D, in a dj booth especially when it's full of you know celebrity djs and stuff because mm-hmm. that night i think we had like mastercraft and busy p and dj falcon and you know there was a lot of people there that night so there was a lot going on and like maybe like sebastian like i'm pretty sure that's the night that like the blog house class photo as they call it was was taken where we're in the photo booth and it's like everyone it's like mm-hmm. crookers and and mastercraft and justice and like all these people in one picture technically mm-hmm. speaking premier is he is part of the Bloghouse alumni because he has the sebastian remix that's true Sure. I mean, that wasn't until I would. I mean, that's from 2012. Or no, that's like 2011. But it's it's post Bloghouse. And it's not Bloghouse. It's a, but but yeah. It's a hip hop song, but you know, (laughs) it's on a Sebastian album. No doubt. I mean, we all, I mean, we all love DJ Premier. Absolutely. When you, when you saw these acts there, when you were playing alongside these acts, I know Lady Gaga was considered a, a, a payola performance as i've heard from uh you know a previous interview with you and uh i, I said that Lisa out loud there. yeah <laughs> yeah i was on i would like to say when i when uh during quarantine i was on some sort of like truth quest where i really thought like everything needed to be shared um so, and I'm still like figuring out a lot of the things that I said out loud during that time. <laughs> uh, like I was just like, "Fuck it, we're all gonna die." Everyone needs to know that Lady Gaga was not invited to play. You know. Um, and now I, I'm like, "Oh fuck, I said that, huh?" <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It's just that, like, I I would rather not have admitted that like things like that were happening. You know, I would right. rather hundred percent agree with. Yeah, yeah. We invited Lady Gaga, and she wanted to do it. You know, like if I was smart, that's how I would tell the story. But <laughs> I really try to not 
not we'll fake the funk. And it, we'll, we'll edit, edit to make it sound like that. It's always that. It's always yeah. Lady Gaga was like, "Please, can I come there?" And we were like, "Sure, why not?" <laughs> when we you could... saw these acts, when you saw Wiz, and when you saw Lady Gaga, and uh-huh. I mean. Did you see like national stardom or were you just like, this is going to be a regional local thing or what? I, I don't think I cared enough to think, think about that. For sure. Um, I liked Wiz. He had the one song um, and it was a, a friend of mine was managing him. Was that, was that, that was how yeah? we ended up with Wiz. Yeah. That was the one with the Alice DJ sample. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it was on, all the relevant blogs at the time and the, they just said hey can he come in and perform this one song and i was like yes of course and uh and it was fun he was really cool he came in had a drink performed the song took off um and then you know it, he didn't even really become who he became till i feel like much much later because that would have been 2007 exactly yeah so I mean, when did Wiz Khalifa blow up? Like 2010. Black and orange. Yeah. Was that? Black, and no. black, black, black and yellow, yellow was sorry. like black 2010, yellow. right? Yeah. 2010. Don't make this about the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, orange. Chiefs, black, black and orange. <laughs> sorry, Oregon State. Yeah. We we made a remix of that. My bad. Oh, I mean, right. I, lo- I I I like Wiz Khalifa, uh, yeah. but no, I didn't see. Did I see him perform that song that night and think like, just this kid's got what it takes? Like, I, I don't remember thinking that. No. No. Um, and I don't remember thinking that about Lady Gaga either. I never thought, I mean, she's, you know, I love Lady Gaga and I don't even really know why. Um, I don't really like know many of her songs and I, I, don't, I certainly don't listen to it, but I think her, like, I feel her presence in the world. For sure. And I like, I think she's a very interesting person. I think she's done a lot of good. As I think it's more, I think it's, I think it's much cooler now in retrospect that she is who she is. At the mm-hmm. time, I was kind of like, "Why do we have this bullshit in here?" Yeah. <laughs> for sure, yeah. for sure. You know, yeah. I um, get what you're saying, though. She was sense. in town opening for New Kids on the Block. Oh, crazy! And then it was like, "Yeah, she's also going to come and play here." I was like, "Cool, why?" You know, like I don't like that seems not... like a totally different. Yeah, I was like, "This is not really what we're doing." And yeah, she, exactly. she came in and she was really like, I remember she was really the only thing she said to me was the. Uh, she came in with her DJ with the white shadow and they were like doing a sound check early, which also I think no one had ever really done. Like no one had ever come in and like gotten the mics ready and stuff. Like it was always a little more punk rock and they came in and tested everything out and they had dancers and stuff. And I was like, this is a lot. And she turned to me and she said, uh, she said, I'm going to show this place what New York house music is all about. Or something like that. I was finally, like, finally, finally, finally. <laughs> it's like what a fucking weird thing to say to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think she was just like, you know, hype, and she's like, "Hey, you there?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I was just the only person kind of standing in the booth. Well, I think I was also, you know, I was like, "Get done doing what you're doing. I'm going to start playing." <laughs> real. She, uh, wanted, real- she wanted to let me know that she had intent to, you know. She's, I'm really, going to give a good show. Really spark if you, if that you love Frankie up. Knuckles, wait till you hear Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because yeah. well, I remember just... thinking, like, this isn't really house music, but I kind of got it. Because, like, uh-huh. I think she meant, like, Z100, kind of like big, right. you know, kind of like Pauly D stuff. I don't know. 
Right. <laughs> You're just back there giving real. Got, dick, but again, yeah, I, I, did not, I did not watch that performance and think like this is it. But I think a <laughs> lot it. of people did. There were a lot of radio guys there, and I started hearing her music on on Power 106 like the next week, hmm. and hearing like the mix show DJs play it and stuff because it was up tempo and. I felt I remember feeling like because it had kind of a cosign from Cinespace and mm-hmm. I remember thinking like that's how you know PR works I guess like people just kind of see that someone was somewhere and it makes it cool and I, that's just how I never liked any of those songs honestly mm. yeah no. I don't like any first album Gaga right right <laughs> <laughs> so you... if you put that in a versus Gaga first album versus whatever what's left (laughs) yeah Yeah. i'll take the rest you you definitely had a a different vision compared to am and aoki as far as booking this night right is that safe to say yeah no i wouldn't say that i think we were united in an idea at least for the first year or so about what we were wanted to do yeah um I think Lady Gaga was later. I think that was like probably like 08 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we the party started in October 2006, which, and at the time, you know, no one was playing any Ed Banger records or really Baltimore Club or people were not doing that kind of stuff in mainstream clubs. Mm-hmm. Diplo was probably, Diplo and A-Track were out there doing it on a on a higher level probably than anyone else mm. um but no one was really doing it really in la at least on a weekly basis with that kind of stuff in a in a place that was bigger than like a small bar mm-hmm. right. and then you know steve had it going at cinespace but that was a little bit more indie rock focused and then am obviously wasn't playing any of that stuff in his sets and honestly neither was i really Mm. i was just collecting it Mm -hmm. and so the idea was basically for us all to have a place to play that kind of stuff and really push this music i mean that's why we did it on a sunday night it was like we basically used am celebrity and steve's notoriety and my ability to show up on time and (laughs) uh (laughs) just we're like we're just gonna play cool stuff and maybe they're gonna dance maybe they're not and maybe they're not gonna know what to do and sometimes you know there were a lot of nights that weren't that popping mm. um in the beginning it took a little while i think to kind of figure it out it was mm-hmm. nice to have cobra snake there to take pictures and people get excited you know you get people do stuff when you bring out the camera yeah, um, yeah. you used to have to legitimately like make a room happen yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. which was a little bit more fun. Now I literally, I legitimately do that trick. If I'm DJing for a big room and it's not the energy level that I want it to be, I can literally take out my phone and go like this and everyone screams. Yeah. And it's a kind of a cheat. And I feel, you know, a little shitty when I do it. <laughs> Did Whatever you works, notice? man. Whatever we got to do. Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> Did you notice a big difference in the clientele between Sundays and every other night at LAX and the sound, or was it kind of continuous? Oh, yeah, no, it was yeah. a completely different thing. Um, you know, pretty much every other night of the week, it was bottle service, dress code, mm-hmm. um, you know, people buying tables and 
that you know we had we had rules against it basically it was the deal was you know if you're there for the party you get in if you walk up and you say that you want to buy a table you don't get in ah, and then like um that. yeah we didn't have bottle service you could you could we could send you a bottle if it was your birthday and we liked mm -hmm. you and we wanted you to get drunk but you couldn't come in and buy a table mm, uh, everything like all the areas were open to everybody mm. and then um yeah the, and then the, we would bring in reinforced sound i mean the sound it lax was fine but we would bring in like subs and put them on the floor and stuff yeah because we wanted it to be a little bit more ravey and lights too we would bring in like lasers and shit. Sick. yeah i i know from um one of your interviews you said when am was closing out it would go until 2 45 sometimes right. later and the staff is kind of like you know there it's up to his discretion do you think that la would benefit nightlife wise from a later curfew yes i mean i think i would benefit from a later curfew yeah um you know i think i think having a hard close at two is not ideal musically but i but also like i think that's why warehouses and and sort of like you know illegal venues are doing so well right now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm because like why do you no one wants to go out for just like i mean i guess you do, do you want to go out for two or three oh, yeah i mean the short answer is yes yeah um yeah i mean that's i mean you know like miami and new york berlin all of these places are more fun than los mm -hmm. angeles um and for as far as nightlife goes yeah yeah la is i think better in most other regards of 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 life quality or just you know i don't know i like it here a lot but yeah, I think I think it's changing now. Mm -hmm. I think West Hollywood is about to shift to three or four a.m., and wow. that's going to be kind of the guinea pig because they're their own city. They can kind of do whatever they True. want. And then I'm told that they're working on it for L.A. like in the next few years. Oh wow, okay, that's a big change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never seen that happen in a city before where the, where the hours are changed. Mm -hmm. So I think that'll be interesting. I feel like New York has gotten earlier. Yeah. Yeah. They um, have. Like, I mean, when I lived, I mean, not legally, but yeah, just yeah. I feel like clubs, yeah. when I lived there, no bar or club closed at 2 a.m. Like, that just was not something that happened. Like, if you were DJing somewhere, you were playing till three or four in the morning right. at a minimum. Mm -hmm. um, and, but then now when I go out there, people are like, yeah, 11 to two. And then, like, the lights come on. So, yeah, has new york always <laughs> do you guys know if new york is a 24 hour or is it 4 a.m 4 a.m bar cutoff and then you know liquor stores close early but you can mm. always buy a beer anywhere mm -hmm. at any time at like from a you know a bodega except like for beer like, and wine is good beer and wine is all good except for like sunday from 6 to 10 a.m because it's just like you got to clean up for church or whatever yeah yeah. So like, <laughs> rules. yeah but even so like i don't know that like you know it's fucking bodegas like they can do whatever they want right but right. that would be like you would get that was the only time where you would see people being like what the fuck bro like what do you mean i can't get them you know like yeah. arguing because they don't vegas has kind of done that um it's not a legal change but i think after covid we just we'll call it culturally have just gotten earlier yeah like i think is that where you are used... are you in vegas 
Yeah, we're in Vegas. Where, is now. everybody in Vegas? Her... No, I'm in Portland. He's I'm in Portland. Portland. Portland, we, we're just like the worst. We're like, what, in you, terms can't, of you can't buy alcohol in in stores after 10 o'clock. Okay. And then everything shuts down at uh, 145. Well, last call is 145. Everything shuts down right. at 2. Uh, restaurants close at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Or 9. No. Right? There's or no, nine, or nine. Yeah. There's no 24 hour yeah. restaurants. We're 24 hour. Like the rules are allowed. You could drink whenever, but there's only like two after hour spots. And clubs close at like three on average, it seems like. But it used to go till four, sometimes five. Mm -hmm. I knew clubs that went on the strip till like I've worked in somewhere they go to five or six, but they just lately. I mean, I think the way they see it, anytime someone's in a club, they're not in a casino, right? Right. Yeah. And also, if they're just in the club not buying drinks, what's the point? That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I wanted to talk about, you know, obviously when you linked up with Stretch Armstrong, your New York years. Uh, before we dive into that, though, is there a difference between a Mike B L.A. sound and a Mike B New York sound? Ooh, yeah. Guys. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. massively. I mean, if I mean, yeah. you're talking about like who I was when I was DJing in New York versus who I was in like the banana split days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I was in New York, I was playing strictly hip hop mm-hmm. um, or not even hip hop, but, you know, a hip hop set where you would mm-hmm. play a little bit of dance music, like a hat, like 20 minutes, like just hits. And then, you know, dance hall and classics and R&B and then big hits. And then, you know, it's like a six hour set. Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, well, now I get to play just whatever I want for one hour at a time, you know, mm. wherever. It's cool, but I, you know, I sort of missed the challenge. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know that those six hour nights really exist anymore, at least not for me. That's, yeah, for it's you, just definitely such not. a long time, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I loved it because yeah. it, it felt like real work. <laughs> yeah. Like when I was right. in New York, I would play you know, four, between three and five nights a week, always from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. And it was like, you had to get ready. Like, you had to, like, really, like, shower and shit and piss. And, like, you could, you know what I mean? Like, you couldn't, like, (laughs) you couldn't, like, casually walk in and be like, oh, I'll have a smoke later. Like, you had to, like, do everything. (laughs) And then start your stuff. And then you kind of had to, like, strategically plan it, like, 145 put on like a six or seven minute record that everyone was still going to dance to and like run to piss and come back and and i but i liked it like i liked knowing exactly kind of what i was going to do and how the arc was going to work and knowing what was going to work and when and trying out new stuff and then if i did something that didn't work i like knowing that i still had three hours to figure it out or if i had killed it non-stop for five hours i didn't feel bad kind of fucking around for the last hour like there was a lot of benefits to doing that mm-hmm. yeah. um and like yeah by the time i moved to la and you know social media existed and and there was more like photographs and people were getting like recordings of sets and stuff like that like by then i already had so many hundreds of hours of djing publicly that like I wasn't I didn't have anything to kind of sort out anymore yeah now were you doing any any long sets over in LA when when you got there yeah LA was like 10 to 2 okay 
but yeah. like but <laughs> but it was the same kind of as new york where people wouldn't really show up till like 11 30 so right. like and then by 1 30 you had to be kind of winding it down mm-hmm. so you really only had like two hours of prime time mm-hmm. that's crazy that you know when you put it like that it is a really short so i mean like you sit there and play kind of whatever for a while yeah. or you, i mean if you're lucky i've I never love having an opener. I mean, well, I guess it depends what it is. If it's right. a night with six DJs, like it just is what it is, and that's fine. I would always rather it be like two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel like you can't get your like thought out. Your, your yeah, sometimes out it's hard to get comfortable. I think, especially on these kind of bigger stages, mm-hmm. I'm not someone that ever has something prepared. So. I mean, I'll have some idea what I want to play, but I'm, it's not like I will do this set. Like, there, I've never done a set that was the same twice right. anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, front like, to back. Yeah, yeah, it's never happened. Like, I don't have a planned set. Yeah. Um, I have little tricks and little things that I can do and ways to get from one thing to another. Mm-hmm. You know? um, it's like sometimes it's hard to, to settle in and yeah. feel like you're really in charge of what's happening in the room, especially if three people have done sets before you you know and everyone's good so like yeah. the, you know it's like a it's sometimes hard to like establish what your yeah. vibe i guess i don't know what's I your... like talking about djing is one of my least favorite things to do. no well, <laughs> i mean I, I feel like i'm very very much like uh relating to everything that you're saying because i i have the same issues too sometimes you know and um a lot a lot of times my my issue is like restarting the room sometimes in those specialty sets right or resetting the room uh what, what's your approach with that do you uh do you just go new song or do you flow into what the other dj was doing i always play out of the other dj if hmm. i have time um like if people ask you know where do you want me to leave you off right. i'm like you know i'm a dj i'll figure it out yeah right. Yeah, right. Um, where you leave me. Yeah, if someone's at a BPM that I don't want to be playing at, I'll stop their song and start mine. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Nobody's fucking listening. Nobody cares. What we, you know what I mean? Like, as, as long as deep. we, as long as we play a good song, you know, like I do get bummed out when someone like, if you're gonna not play out of the song that I'm playing, let my song play yeah right. till the right. end when yeah. people just like get on there and then just loop it like wherever it might be like in the middle of a out. vocal or something or just a, you know yeah, before that's, a, that's a hook rude. comes in or like i'm always just like who wins yeah, like, is, right. it, is it yeah. so important what you've come here to do you know i, I think especially as i become like older and more relevant or whatever like i'm always just like you really feel that whatever you are about to do is like more important than what I was doing, dude? Like, come on. <laughs> That's here. actually very funny because I'm always like, I love to hear that. Bro. Are you really just like, you have to start at 801? You can't just let this yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get to be- the hook at least. And that's, you know, that's, I think that's a way that you can tell kind of who the real DJs are too. Because for example, some people do it too much. Like, mm-hmm. like I, um, like I, I played before DJ Premier once. Um, well, more than once, but in this story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I played before Premier and I could tell he liked what I was doing. 
and I was kind of like in an up-tempo area and I was like and I said to him because I was like I felt like he was going to give like a performance and I was like yeah like let me I was like I'll, I'll fade this out for you and like I'll intro you and he was like no nah, no nah, like I feel what you're doing I'm going to play he's like I'm going to I'm going to like match kind of this energy mm-hmm. and I felt like it was actually a detriment because people couldn't see we were in a situation where you couldn't really see the booth and it was going to be a big announcement that premiere was coming on it was like the opening of the ace hotel in in downtown like maybe mm-hmm. nine ten years ago mm-hmm. and and i like i was playing like daft punk or something like towards the end and then he came in and he played vanity six nasty girl which to like a dj is like yeah like i'm up here like playing that like 120 bpm with you but like to a crowd that's like hearing daft punk and doesn't see what's going on in the dj booth and like kind of nasty girl comes on like it deflated the room a little bit and and then but he but he didn't want to be like intro so i Uh. felt like like you know like because what you want is to be like yo like thank you very much and here's our surprise guest dj premiere and then he's like big l rest in peace and then everyone goes nuts you know yeah yeah yeah. Um, (laughs) but what (laughs) happened was he was just like he was all he was up in his, it. He was, yeah, he was just on some DJ shit. Like, like, oh, like I'm gonna play some some cool some tempo, tempo stuff. shit. Right. But I was kind of like, that was a situation where I was like, I wish you would just have not done that and turned my song off. And like, I, we all just want to hear DJ Premier do DJ Premier stuff. <laughs> right. Uh, that not makes necessarily sense. play his own music, but we don't. You know what I mean? We don't come to. Or even if he still played Nasty Girl and you did the announcement, it's like, oh, it's your DJ premiere. Yeah, at least you probably get more love because we're like, oh, shit, premiere's playing Nasty Girl. A woman who like worked at the Ace kind of came and, you know, like the people that don't know how to use a microphone and you can't understand or hear what they say. Like she was just like, yeah, premiere. You know, and, like, and people are like, "What?" inches or more. Like, who's coming on? I think I don't even know how we got into that story. Oh, right, just uh, uh D- openers DJ and stuff. just talking yeah. about long from um, one, the one DJ to the next. Were yeah. you were you stoked to go to digital when when Serato launched, or were you like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I still have back problems and calluses on my hands and all kind of weird complications from carrying records. Also, I live in a house of fucking records. Like, I hate it here. (laughs) um, It's all just still here. And I, uh, yeah, I think going going to nightclubs without four boxes of records, being able to leave the club with people Right. was nice being able right. to negotiate sex and fucking <laughs> you know cool when i'm done we're gonna get up and leave yeah, yeah. Just read not, the like, rewards. not like when i'm done we're gonna put all this shit into a cab take it to my house walk it up the steps drop it off i'm gonna have to shower and shit and then maybe in like 90 minutes we can make out you know like <laughs> you're awake still yeah, yeah which is yeah no everyone used to just leave you know and i would because also people knew they were gonna have to try to help or like i was gonna be like yo help me with my shit right no one wanted to do that shit they figured that out so quick i'll be like yo I'll get, you, I'll get you guys all in like just meet me at my house they're like no buddy put us on the <laughs> list do physical labor no yeah like we're not carrying oh, no. shit and then the security guards got tired of it <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> no we were the first ones to ask shit. for help too in the beginning. Yeah, and then as soon as I could, didn't have to bring my computer, I stopped doing that too. Yeah, first, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a, a little bird told me you sold a substantial amount of records to Travis Scott. Is that I true? did. It's yes. true. Can we talk about that? Sure, but yeah, I think, yeah. I think uh, that, that pretty much is the story. Oh, that's it. Okay, word. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was something like fucking awesome. And yeah, no. no, it is. It's really cool. I mean, yeah. I love Travis Scott. I I think the reason that I kept as many records as I did was I wanted them to have, you know, some sort of meaning and some sort of life. Um, you know, I don't yeah. know why I keep the stuff that I keep or like what I plan on doing with it. I probably play vinyl sets like two or three times a year and I certainly don't need all this shit for that. But like, um, so it was cool when I got a call, it was like, we want to buy this stuff. And I was like, I got you. And I put together, you know, some nice records for him. And he, I think, I think we both, you know, did well on that deal. I think I got a fair price for it. I think he got some really good records and you know he wanted to have a collection that he could say like this is belong to so and so and he like he mm, wanted like one person's it. collection okay. he didn't just want like a bunch of like there wasn't like records he wanted he wanted to say like this is so and so's uh, right. vinyl collection i think he bought up some other stuff too i know i, I know he bought a lot of records that year gotcha um, cuz i was going to ask if if he used any of those for samples for this album maybe i'll be honest i don't really know oh, exactly okay. what was in there because yeah, it gotcha. happened so fast mm -hmm. they i think they sort of wanted to make sure that i didn't kind of go through it they asked me to send them pictures of of the collection and i was like well i'm not going to send you like a list of records you know i was like so i just snapped a bunch of pictures and they were like we want those two shelves and i was like all right well oh, i'm not gonna shit. be home <laughs> and then they were like by the time I got home, the movers were waiting for me at the door. And I could tell that they had been instructed to, like, not really let me fuck around. Oh, so wow. They, like, like, they were just kind of like, so it's these two. And they started, like, boxing stuff up. And I was, like, taking stuff and replacing it, like, pulling little things. Yeah, hold on, guys. Hold <laughs> yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just got to take a... Like, I knew where certain things were. But then also, it was a fair price. Yeah. Uh, you know, fair enough that it was, like, whatever needed to be replaced... I could replace mm -hmm. every once in a while i start looking for a record and i'm like oh yeah like that's that's probably gone do um, you remember <laughs> what was in there i mean it was something like some to the it? tune of like three thousand records so okay there was a lot of stuff in there he Jeez. certainly got all of my slip and slide record collection and all oh, of my shit. blunt tvt records i definitely remember just <laughs> seeing like a bunch of green records and yellow you know yeah all my, all my def jam and rockefeller records it was a lot of rap stuff and gotcha. a lot of okay. but there was i mean there was a lot of there was stuff mixed in there there's definitely things that i just like threw in there and i didn't mm -hmm. necessarily i mean i don't i don't really know mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, it was a lot of stuff yeah what i learned from that was that i certainly never needed any of it <laughs> right hey right. that'll that because that's I, a great way to look. <laughs> like i'm never like I'm never like fuck. Yeah. Like what am I never gonna miss do? It. Like that's gone. I'm <laughs> fucked. Like no. Like it's never the situation. Oh man, that is a tear giving up. But I love Travis Scott. So um, that was, I think, the most exciting part of it for me is if I'm ever in a room with Travis Scott and there's an awkward silence, I have something for us to talk about. Absolutely, hundred percent. Be like, hey man, I bought you bought your records for me, and he'll be like, yeah, I don't know. Like what records? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like I certainly never had any 
interaction with him. Um, it's just this, was all, this was all, no, this was middlemaned by um, gotcha. Jesse Marco uh-huh. and, um, and like his management team. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, so shout out to Jesse Marco. I love shout Jesse out. Marco. That's yeah. my guy. And he, um, he was the one that reached out to me and um he's a good he's we go we go back he's a he's a good dj good friend and um he was a great middleman and yeah. you know everybody got paid that day did i read you were on tour with uh am with crazy town is that that's, that's in- incorrect incorrect that didn't happen yes okay it did not happen i never not toured right. with crazy town or am okay, okay. um I would have loved to. That sounds like a lot of fun. Okay. I, I read something and I was like, damn. Okay. Where'd you read that? I'm glad that that's written somewhere. All there is out there about my life is true. Uh, so like, <laughs> get like excited when I hear like something that's inaccurate. So like the rare, not I feel like you're more famous if people are like, telling lies about you, that's what you know? saying. Yeah. no that's good that's good no one ever um, lies about me <laughs> <laughs> maybe i made that up i don't really know now it's unclear uh no. 2006 you were doing the film and product film production company uh doing tv work stuff like that um what were your what were your goals as far as did you want to be a director or i don't know what i wanted to be i wanted to make money and be successful um i was like i was i was in a pretty serious relationship at the time and i really wanted to just know what my life was gonna be Mm. um and i was just it was like a reason to kind of come to la too like i was like well i might as well try to be in tv and movies and I mean, I still do it. Um, I produced a movie last year. I just went last night and, and went to see it at the uh, something called the Catalina Film Festival. It was in Long Beach. Oh, sick. Um, a movie called Not For Nothing that my friends wrote and produced. Um, or wrote and directed, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I helped them produce it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't... It was, it was a career that was going okay. And I certainly ditched it at the first opportunity that I had. Yeah. yeah. Because I never cared, I don't think. I think I liked it and I think I was good at it. And I was I was never I wasn't passionate about it. Considering the position that I was in and how well I was doing, I was certainly spending most of my time downloading music and trying to get DJ gigs. Right. right. Yeah. There's attention which is, elsewhere. Which was mostly what was like infuriating, you know, the girl I was living with. Like she was just like, the fuck are you doing? Like, like, get up you... and read this fucking script. Yeah. Well, she was like, why are you DJing at all? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Because I was doing TV shows and working like 16 hour days. And then I would oh, come shit. home and be like, no time to eat. Just going to have this Red Bull and go to the club. And she's like, that's fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to gig anymore. You're like, yeah. it's fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, because then the way I saw it was like, well, now I don't even have to like trip on money. You know what I mean? I was yeah, just like, oh, you're no, just going to give me a hundred dollars. Fine. You know? Yeah. Right. I was like, I just want to do it. Now, are you on strike? Like, 
Am I on strike now? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in any guilt. I had ask. Okay. Unfortunately. I mean, I feel like it's probably only a matter of time till there's some sort of DJ Yeah, they're saying today guilt. that they, they said today might be the day. Oh, you mean for the strike to be over? Yeah. I was for, talking for about the, the impending uh, DJ guild that's probably going to exist. <laughs> <laughs> we got to organize first, dog. We can't yeah, stop we hating do. on each other to even do that. We want three <laughs> drink tickets, not two. Two doesn't work anymore. Give us three someone's, drinks. Someone's going to do something. We're hey, too Mike. busy trying to figure out how to mix out it in the club. We can't. <laughs> hey, Mike, in the in the reenactment of your life, <laughs> what, what actor is playing you? Uh, I don't know. Probably someone good. Um, I, I don't know because so. well, like, well, that depends. Like, uh, so, like now, like, if it happened now, that'd be kind of a boring movie. Oh, we could do, we could do. Well, cast, like, let's cast, movies. let's let's do a. Uh... It's like if it's in like thirty years, you know, whoever's like you know killing it in thirty years, someone oh, I haven't yeah. even heard of yet, it'll be Salamane. like Keanu Reeves Jr. <laughs> I like that. Can't even in, the, in, the future, <laughs> in my future, Keanu has children, and they're yes. just as incredible. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And he's, but still, he had them like out of wedlock, and I don't know. definitely John, John Wick the Third. He did it on his terms. Yes, yeah. John Wick the Third. <laughs> All of his children's names are John Wick. Yeah, it is John, John, John. Yeah, and Neo. Um, Neo. Neo. <laughs> you see, they're doing like a John Wick show with Mel Gibson. Oh, oh great. <laughs> Finally. So that we Finally. Waiting. Exactly. <laughs> An o- a much older man. Well, in a he's, series. Like a, he's like the it's about the continental in the 70s. Oh, okay. That, oh, I mean, that yeah. sounds cool. We might I'm, Actually, I mean, I, I'm no, making fun of it, yeah, but I'm gonna watch it. Coming out. Oh, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not gonna watch it. I'm not, yeah, not gonna yeah, watch yeah, it. That yeah, sounds. It does yeah. put like a little. I feel like when you put Mel Gibson something, it, you're saying something. <laughs> you it's are like definitely a, saying something. It's like when you play Kanye in the club. It's like, yeah, no, we all agree that we all love this. <laughs> But like you're okay with something, yeah. Yeah, you're okay. I feel like as a Jewish person, I'm allowed to watch as much Mel Gibson and play as much Kanye as I want. But when someone else plays Kanye in the club, I'm like, "What are you trying to say to me? What are you saying?" I say, say, "Have you played Kanye recently? Since post, since everyone's like, all right, now we're really through with him this time." And then like a couple months go by, he didn't even do anything good this time because we're playing old shit. All of the other times that we forgave Kanye was because he did something dope that made us forget about the fuckery that he had just committed. Yeah. And like, because maybe there's six or seven times in my life that I've heard like the people that I respect the most that are around me daily be like, no, so like, like, I never like on the low, I never fucked with him. And now it's like really done. Like after this shit, like after the slavery shit, after the, you know, like there was always like some reason that people were like done with Kanye West, but then he would be like, and then a week later put out the hottest shit. And then you would forget. And I feel like after that last, that last meltdown was so epic and so crazy and so public and like instagram and twitter and elon musk and jonah hill and fucking whatever the fuck was going on 
and people were like, he's really done this time. But then now, like, and then I see, see it in the crowd, too. Like, I do that shit. I play stronger in a lot of sets because it's one of my little ways that I get to shit. And there was, like, two months where I was like, I guess I'm not going to do that. I got to figure out another way to get where I'm going. And then, but now I do it. And, like, it's almost, like, twice as exciting. Like, everyone goes, like, extra crazy now. when you play Kanye now. Yeah. Yeah, like it's now a little it's, edgy. It's but, a little edgy. I, but when I see people do it, I'm like, I see, like, I make a note of it, especially <laughs> in the beginning when people were doing it creative ways. Like, all of a sudden, that like big tech house remix of Mercy was like yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. what an interesting time for Blonde Diplo to really be going in on this fucking <laughs> remix, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what like, an just, interesting time yeah. oh, wait a what a fun time to decide to go you know neo-nazi what a sample so this doesn't choose. work for r kelly though right oh, i don't know i think <laughs> i think the thing is it should it should. i love r kelly as an artist yeah so much more than i love kanye west and i think it's unfair that i'm even able to so freely and whimsically make light of Kanye West. Whereas just now when I said the sentence, I love R. Kelly, my wheels already started spinning about all the ways that, that this could be taken out of context. <laughs> yeah. and fucking we're we're not going to have any like, of the shit that you said prior to this. Yeah, It's going to start there. Gonna be <laughs> this week on the podcast, it's just me like, I love R. Kelly. We had Mike, Kelly, we had Mike B on the show. With the face. <laughs> just straight face. <laughs> everybody gets peed on oh <laughs> it's just i think that's that's where it, that's where it's like hard line kanye has not been convicted of a crime the world drew yeah. a line on that the world was like hey man, we're just waiting for him to do something no, well, because what he did was so bad kanye lost his mind Michael did a lot of stuff like R. Kelly is alive and with us and like he's in jail but like they're still figuring out how to take his money away mm -hmm. and they're still like figuring out what he did wrong and but it is I guess it's just so I think for me the problem is it starts a conversation I play less Michael Jackson than I used to too and I'm not forgiving anything that he may or may not have done I think we're all, most of us are of the same opinion. You know what I mean? Child yeah. molestation is wrong. We don't. Not there's, okay. not, there's not an argument that everyone's like, "Well, it's okay." No, like, like but also, <laughs> no. like, I feel like there's not really an argument on whether or not that music is good. It's the best, right, and right. like, and that's how I feel about R. Kelly. I think the conversation is a little people. It happens when I play Michael. People look at me weird, mm. and so I do it less. My mm -hmm. thing is I never, ever want people to stop dancing so they can talk about anything. Like, I don't want anyone to stop. You know what I mean? Like, Very I just want true. everyone I to have a good I... time. And there's no artist that I need to get behind. And like, so, you know what I mean? Like, that it's like, I need to make this. I need to make this statement. And it's about how I feel about this artist. Because it's not. Like, both of those guys, you know. Fuck those guys, but like I, obviously <laughs> bad people. Like yeah, great music. I don't know that. Yeah, I, I I don't have an opinion on on any of it. Um, but I I did. I stopped playing R. Kelly's music publicly. 
I play him very much so in my own home. Mm-hmm. I hear him playing out of a lot of other people's homes when I walk down the street. <laughs> yeah. I really feel like people are sitting at home like, hey, you want to hear a dirty thing? You know, like, <laughs> like, it's, like, I like very... it's like a bad thing to do. And I, I want to play like happy that. people so bad. In my Step set in the sometimes. name of love. Step, there's Step a lot of good songs. Oh, yeah, They're I mean, all... my friends and I had an annual uh, holiday party called the Steppers Holiday. It was like an R and B, you know, it was an R Kelly themed party that we did for years so and years. So many songs. Aged so poorly. R Kelly themed party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's God and damn it's you, you know it's unfortunate. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, we, and, we, and now we're probably never going to have him play. <laughs> <laughs> we had, most likely not you we ruined my steppers holiday party yeah <laughs> i don't think he's gonna be forgiven i think that is interesting yeah it is interesting though because he's like absolutely we all fucking know better than to play it and when somebody does but meanwhile i like, go on oh. i go on hulu and they got this you know they're like uh recommended for you uh the 70s show and there's a big picture of oh yeah buddy Masterson. oh yeah they didn't, they didn't take they didn't take the 70s show Crazy. off of syndication you know what i mean I like they're still gonna it's show very, that show the cosby show is still very Cosby's much on television very much. <laughs> it's still very interesting that it's, like r kelly is an absolute red zone no go and when somebody does it at least for me i'm still like yo chill like but I still hear yeah, Michael. I think you have to be in Chicago or at like a pretty black party and at like an elderly black party. Like you have to be, I think, my age or older. And I think I was at a girl. Because I've seen it done. Now. Right. I've yeah. also seen like like a like a young woman of color put on ignition remix and people be like, hmm, but no one made like a big stink. <laughs> like I saw yeah. it, like she played it, she dropped it, and I was jealous. And it's like, I was like, mm-hmm. oh man, like, because, mm-hmm. but all, I mean, I've seen, I've heard other people be like, I play Step in the Name of Love, like, fuck it. And people yeah. go crazy. Okay. But again, it's not really, it's not my place, I think, to like, but you're I'm right. Even, I don't want to have conversations really on the dance floor while yeah, I'm playing. Like, yeah. I don't want anyone to cry because I played a song that, yeah, you know, it's That'll a different. Them. Yeah, I feel you. But you're I like, right. I like to do like... Fiesta remix, just the beginning part of jazz. Oh, dude, I did that a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yes. I was yes. just, I was like, I was playing at like a like a throwback hip hop party, and I just kept like, like hitting the like it was getting towards the end, and I just kept going like after the show is the after party, then like looking at my friends, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like you're like, gonna drop it. That's did you hear? Party. Did you hear what I did? Uh... I played, like, <laughs> I played R. Kelly, like, and I thought I was like, I thought it was so exciting like i feel it i can feel like the rush yeah every time i did it yeah. i might throw that in my sampler <laughs> yeah, yeah. You after the, the crowd, show so with the everybody's goes, like yeah. just kidding yeah because it's like is he gonna do it is yeah. he gonna go you know all the way with it oh, i love <laughs> that it. is hilarious That's the last big rush for djing it's yeah, like it just... teasing the the intro to fiesta and then i'm just josh and i'm not gonna do right because like because because like, what's your agenda you know, it's not i feel like i don't need that on my agenda to like right. sneak r kelly into anyone's life people would film it now and then they'd be like look what mike b played last mm-hmm. and they're like yeah we, we saw mike oh, yeah now you're making a political statement like... yeah you can't do that yeah, yeah you can't get i mean look what happened to ashton kutcher and mila kunis you can't you can't yes. co-sign anybody <laughs> no you can't <laughs> Oh man, God! Um, I want to talk a little bit about you have releases on Turbo, uh, Tina's label, Tina's a, and Green Velvet's label Relief. Yeah, 
I would say two of the coolest fucking people in dance music for sure. No, no doubt. Small chips. Yeah. That's two of my idols for sure. How did that come about? Was that a product of Banana Split or you met them? No, I was on a really, really good run of producing music uh, between 2012 and like 2016. I was like, I was in this room that I'm in right now, like almost every day, almost all day. I was, I was DJing a lot less than I am right now for a minute. Um, and I was just in the studio like a lot and I was just making music, making music, making music. And I got to a point where I was pretty, I felt like I really could trust my ears and I knew what I was doing. And like, I made a record and I was like, this is for relief. And I hit up uh, my friend Harvard Bass who put out a lot of records on relief. And I was like, yo, can you put me in touch with whoever's at relief? And he put me in touch with the A&R and, uh, I sent it in and that was kind of how I knew I was doing the right thing producing was cause like, I feel like if you hear something and you're like, this is right for this label and then you send it to the label and then they like it and they put it out in a week, then you're right. Yeah. Um, like I never really wanted to be like self-releasing and kind of like, mm-hmm. not that it's not a good idea to self-release in retrospect, it would have been cool to have made any money at all off of any of this, sure. but I didn't. But it's also cool to have, like have Green Velvet call you and be like, I love this record. I'm going to play it out. We're going to put it out next week. It's perfect for the label. Um, and then it was, a cool, sim- it was a similar uh, story with the Turbo thing. I never spoke to Tiga. I don't know, even know if he's ever heard the record. Um, but I spoke to his brother and I spoke to uh, Francis D'Astasio, who's a and r um, and That was like a full album. I had made like an acid album that was like a 10-track album. Stick. And I was like, there's really no place that I could think that would even. Well, I was like, Turbo is the ideal place for this. You know, they mm-hmm. take totally. risks and they kind of tread in that kind of acid territory. And I was like, this is where this goes. And I hit them up on Twitter um, and I sent in the album. And they picked three of the 10 songs and put it out as an EP with some cool remixes from some like new artists that they had on the label. And um, I still get like a zero euro uh, statement every, <laughs> every quarter. A little royalty <laughs> check. Yeah. A little nice royalty like, check. Yeah, like just nice one of those ones that's like, it's got to be at least 40 euros for us to pay you. And this is 0.3 or, you know, something. <laughs> Um, hey, but thanks. Yeah, so, yeah, fucking but cool. It's That's fucking so cool. It looks cool in the bio, and I got yeah, the record. Hundred so, percent. You know. Absolutely, and you have a Scion release too, uh, Titan Night, which mm-hmm. takes back to the Scion era with the best socks in the fucking game. Everyone loves the socks. I have a pair of the socks. <laughs> um, I think the best thing. Well, the socks were interesting socks. They were fuzzy, and they were sort of like just at the ankle. Um. <laughs> But that album, yeah, that was a compilation I did for them with a bunch of new LA artists. Uh, that was like 2011, I put that together. Mm. It's the first ever, ever DJ Dodger Stadium record is on there. And they went on to produce Kanye and mm-hmm. all kinds yeah. of people. Um, shout out to Sam I, and Jerome. To, to another, yeah, shout out to Sam and Jerome. Yeah. I definitely just threw away two boxes of those because... Yeah, after 10 years, you can't really justify having 30 copies of something. <laughs> um, 
And then, yeah, and then my friend, my friend Steve is like, he's like, dude, you didn't think to give me one? I was like, they've been sitting, holding <laughs> a door. They've been sitting there at the You're floor. Like, how long have we been friends for? Ten years, and you never <laughs> took one. <laughs> they were there for the taking. You can't get mad at me now, bro. <laughs> is, Imagine uh, if he's like, do I got to buy this or are you gonna (laughs) (laughs) no no that's 30 bucks buddy (laughs) i brought him i brought him as merch i tried to do everything with those believe me he's like i brought us your baby shower bro yeah (laughs) good for everyone (laughs) i'd give you the box (laughs) would you say uh acid is your first love as far as dance music goes oh no where'd you start I feel like if acid is your first love, you're an advanced raver. You're sick. For sure. <laughs> yeah, the advanced listener. Like if you just yeah, you just like going like this is for me. I think it really like takes a minute to kind of chip away until yeah. you get to that. Because yeah. um, it's kind of all makes sense to you. No, my my first love in dance music was probably just you know like Crystal Waters and Robin mm. S and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because I didn't even know really what that was. I never, I didn't think of it as house music. It was just like music that was on the radio. I didn't realize that it was like I was hearing a certain version of something that, you know, I was, you know, 10 years old. I didn't understand what was happening in warehouses. Oh, that's, I mean, classic material. I mean, and that it still holds up today, which is fucking yeah. dope, too. Like, right. you could play Gypsy Woman right now and it would still get a roar. Shout out to yeah. Beyonce, too. For, People can definitely uh, stop remixing. Yeah, Either we can stop. Songs. Yeah. You yeah, just stop because they're just good. You yeah, can I'll, just play. I'll play songs. remixes of both of those songs, but there's too many. There's so many. There's other. There's things probably out of for those songs. There's probably one version of each. That's yeah, original version. The original version, maybe or, one yeah. remix. Yeah, and we're good. Well, because well, we both the both of those are like remix versions, right? The ones we play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're good. You guys can stop. <laughs> we have enough. Hey, Mike, Mike, what new artists are you fucking with right now? Good question. I don't know. I can't remember anyone's name because everyone's just like a file on a drive. Yeah. Um, so I know like where the songs are. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as new artists, I mean, I'd have to like open. I just like I just went and saw a band called Sextile the other day, but they're not new artists. Mm. I keep finding out about people and thinking I found out about something new and then they've been around for a minute been around. Yeah. And then I go to their Spotify and they have like 10 million plays. The story of my life. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, you guys heard of this know, band, the strokes I'm, I'm 44 <laughs> years old. I haven't, I'm not on the cutting edge of anything. I think people used to come to me to, to know like what was good and new. And it, I mean, looking at my Spotify right now, this is all old music. Like, you know, the newest thing here is like the new Quavo album. <laughs> I, haven't so, li- I haven't even um, listened to that yet. Yeah, That's and crazy. like Lil Yachty, like none of this is new. Jen, what are you barking at it? <laughs> Tomo! Quit that. Doing a podcast. <laughs> What's up, dude? <laughs> um, <laughs> With that being he's a, said he's a good boy um but yeah i mean new honestly i got nothing man off the top of my head um, honestly that nothing. new quavo album answered the question for me. Yeah, yeah yeah but i mean that's not a new artist yeah i mean but, i mean you- i love 
I love Migos so much. All of Same. them. Rest in peace, take off. Yeah, for real. That was a massive loss. Um, I think he's really hey you hear Nikki's husband. Nikki's husband got arrested for uh <laughs> for talking about uh offset for threatening offset. Who? Who's Nikki's Nick, husband? Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj oh yeah, husband. I saw that. He I didn't know he got arrested. He was yeah, out he here. He said something along the lines of I'll beat I'll beat your ass and then his He PO. made a video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was a... outside with a bunch of people. For... If yeah. I was Nicki Minaj, I'd be so embarrassed. Like if you don't who get Nikki, the fuck inside, who is Nicki Minaj married to though? This guy named this... Keith Petty. Keith Petty, just a and dude, just a street Petty. dude from New York. Just a street dude. Okay. Yeah. And he's out here beefing with uh, Offset. Offset, like making videos with a bunch of street dudes, like talking about like <laughs> it's it's up when we see type shit. And yeah. I'm like, if I was that. Nicki Minaj, I'm like, if you don't get in the fucking house, like is he just well, trying to make noise? Like he's just trying to get some fame. He's from just this, trying or? to get some fame, I think. But she's I'm not up. see there was a time where I would have been really on top of this information. <laughs> it's just it's Twitter bullshit. Yeah, it's you're just not so funny. If you're you not ask me about anything. anything that happened between 1998 and 2006, I'll tell you exactly who was involved yes. and what happened. I have no idea. Like I don't read <laughs> shit. I don't watch shit. <laughs> I, did. I don't listen to shit. It's crazy. I know. I'm really just trying to like really absorb the things that I love and that mm -hmm. I already have. Mm -hmm. Like I've been collecting music, you know, nonstop for you know almost 40 years, and like I've been DJing now. I mean, I haven't taken more than maybe like 10 days away from DJing in since 1990 five so like um and in that time you know you amass so much stuff i have an itunes library full of shit i've got hard drives and hard drives of everyone else's hard drives <laughs> i've got a room full of vinyl and it's like at a certain point i think this really was a big thing for me during quarantine after i sold those records to travis was like I think part of my job is to really understand the stuff that I already have. Mm. And I think that's why I haven't really been listening to new music and I'm not, and I think I've also reached a point in life where like, I'm not a taste maker DJ, you know yeah. what I mean? I don't have mm -hmm. a radio show. I'm not, no one's looking to me to like find out what's hot. And I think people come to me mostly to, for a certain kind of vibe or like mm -hmm. to hear older stuff. So like, I've been mostly going back and trying to think of new ways to, you know, like even if I play like a 2000s party or like a whatever, like I don't want to play like some, like if you do a blog house party, like someone's going to play, you know, We Are Your Friends and Day and Night right. Remix and whatever. But like I was one of the main kind of gatekeepers of that music. And I mean that in a good way, not in like the <laughs> your gatekeeping. Not the new like, like yeah, like <laughs> like, yeah. That, like when I was that was like a compliment back in the day yeah, to right, be a gatekeeper. Right. Um, that meant like you had you know some sort of power. And then um, yeah, so I think I have you know like how do you rock a crowd without playing any of the stuff that they know they're gonna hear? Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit more my lane, so it's more fun to kind of go back and. And you it. would you say that? that's what uh keeps you going that's what challenges you keep keeps that challenge keeps that burn going is is finding those old songs and figuring out a way to rock them again maybe keeping the burn going is a strong term 
I'm, 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 I would say I'm really like looking for the burn. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. like uh, you know, like it's been a minute. Like you know, like I think maybe I'm like too comfortable. <laughs> I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I get to play a lot of fun places. I think that's why I like like I'll go and I'll still fill in for people at open format gigs like last minute. Mm-hmm. If I get a call, it'll be like, you want to go do like four hours for not a lot of money? And I'll be like, yeah, you know what? Let's see like if I can do it. Yeah. I'll just let people shit on me and shove their phones in my face all night. <laughs> and then like just like kind of like that's I like to do that. And then when I do that, I'll go on like DJ City and download okay. some yeah. shit. Like I have uh-huh. I have all the ice spice, I have all the <laughs> bad bony i have all that um just for fun like just because like it's like i I never want to feel like i can't do it Mm -hmm. like i think probably in this like in the way that like uh you know like a basketball player would play golf or something yep (laughs) right like you want to be you want to be as good at it as you can but you know that it's not going to be your full-time profession Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. before we wrap up I wanted to ask you, do you remember any quintessential songs from Banana Split that you know they broke in those nights that you wouldn't hear that in the club moving forward and it still gets played, you know, like, for example, you know, I, when I was talking to Kevin Scott, he's like, I don't think people were playing Don't Stop Believing in the club before AM. Hmm. Interesting. Um they were but probably not in that way in smaller clubs mm. like cooler stuff like he i think he started playing it around the same time as like mark ronson and stretch armstrong and like there were like people were starting to play 80s stuff i can't speak as to who was the first one to do it he was probably the first one to do it in la mm. um i can't speak fully to that that's if kevin wait who said it kevin scott or kevin, kevin scott. wolf Kevin, Kevin Scott. Scott yeah. If Kevin Scott said it, I believe it. I wouldn't. I would never contest something Kevin said, Scott said. Mm-hmm. Outfield um, too, like songs like "Your Love" and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I remember when it became cool to play '80s in the club. Mm-hmm. Was probably you know in the wake of the Spin Bad mix, and then the Z Trip mix was like maybe a year after that. Mm. Um, and it just you know it was the time was right. Like yeah, it was, yeah. it was like 98, 99, 2000. That music was now like people who grew up as kids listening to that music were now mm-hmm. in clubs. I think that's kind of how that cycle works. Um, why ABBA is hot in clubs right now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but do I, yeah. Any songs that we broke at banana split? Is that the question? Yeah. yeah. Like we say like justice and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I mean, definitely no one was playing. I mean, people were playing it in Europe. I don't think right. so much in the U.S., but I wouldn't claim that we were first. You know, there were nights in there were nights in New York, there were nights in Chicago. There was hipster stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we just were the L.A. incarnation of it. And even so, there was stuff happening in downtown and Silver Lake. I think I don't think we can take credit for really breaking those records. But I think once we started, it became a place where you could break those kind of records. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, definitely like classics I'll get you was given to me as like a two minute demo version. Mm. And then I played that one week and then that recording got posted online. And then 
everyone was writing me on MySpace asking me what that record was. And then by the next week, like people were like excited to hear it. Mm. And then I played it again. And then the week after that, AM said, yo, can you give me that? And like, I'm going to play it tonight. And I was like, all right. You know, well, because it was like, <laughs> it was cool because like my friend's record was going to get played at primetime, but it was also like, and then, you know, and then the single came out and then uh -huh. we had classics come play. So like, that was a situation where I got to see that something like that yeah. really happen. Yeah. And I was particularly, I mean, I particularly remember that one because that was, you know, as a DJ, you want to break records mm -hmm. and you, you hope that you get to do that. I haven't gotten to do that a lot, maybe like once or twice. I was the first person to play something, but that was the only time where I, not only do I know for sure that I was the first one to play it, but it's like documented in a recording and then documented as AM playing it a couple weeks later. And then the song is an actual hit that you can still play. And the classics went on to be very, very successful yeah. and, you know, play Coachella and all kinds of stuff. And mm. so like, that's like, I saw that happen. I know that happened. Mm -hmm. um, so that's cool. Like if I still that's have cool. the, I still have the MP3. You can check the date. I have all the receipts. <laughs> like Let's go. I was the first person to play that record. You can look at, you look up that set. No one had it. It didn't exist. It was two minutes long. Um, that's so so that was, I'll take, I'll take that credit. Um, that's dope. Other than that, I mean, people would come there and place things for the first time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wish I had written more of this stuff down because I feel like up until a couple of years ago, I really had the answers to all these mm -hmm. questions. Um, and then now I'm a little bit more scatterbrained. Um, <laughs> like that, I mean, there was some house remix of Welcome to the Jungle that everyone was playing for a while. That they have definitely. <laughs> Maybe like Hot Pink DeLorean or something like that. Sure. <laughs> That's certainly the name of something that yeah. I saw. Um, I don't really remember what they did. They have any, the cobwebs here. Did they have anything good? Like, like what happens when I type in hot pink DeLorean? Let's see if I kept any of it. Hot pink DeLorean. I remember that name. I think things that were too, uh, like, postmodern in their name. Yeah. I, I usually, like, kind of stayed away from. All right. I've got a hot pink DeLorean featuring Fantastodon, a song called Played Out from 2007 i got the hot pink delorean remix of the glass and then i have a breakdown remix of hot pink Delor who the, who's hot pink delorean i really don't <laughs> i don't know i kept three of their songs and they've been there since 2007 so that's crazy they got it they're probably okay <laughs> if it's someone that i know well what, like what's up <laughs> shout out to you shout out. uh last thing uh you did that incredible remix of heart of glass with oliver yes are we going to be seeing more from that project i hope so that we put that out like ex like exactly 10 years ago mm -hmm. um we put that out in summer 2013 so we started a couple other things um you know u-turn uh who's who is oliver is like one of the busiest guys in music i think he was voted producer of the year in billboard last year <laughs> um so you know he's got a lot going on he's got the splice packs um i hit him up every once in a while but i think also probably at a certain point me being like yo man like we got to do something else. And he's like, yeah, like it almost becomes one of those, like, let's get lunch 
conversations right. where I think like really unless like I have a an idea that I'm like yo I'm coming through like this is what we're doing and then hopefully he'll have the time but he's really one of the best producers um I've ever been around um at the time Oliver was him and Oliver Goldstein and being in the studio with those guys was an incredible experience like it probably took us like a week to do that edit because like I mean like we put way more work into that edit than I have ever put into like an original song that I've ever made like those guys are like real producers like we were playing instruments live and re-recording stuff and doing like they were doing things that I don't know how to do like they had the sickest studio yeah they were like it was I mostly like I had ideas and then I would say them out loud and in the time that it took for me to like finish they were done. saying my idea they were already like sending files around and breaking out synths and bass lines and like like those guys work fast and they work smart and they're like super duper talented musically that's incredible and i think i was like you know i love them both very much and we had the best time making that remix and i love how much um it still gets played. I think the idea when we were doing it was if we're going to make a remix of this song, we want to make, like, if you're going to play Heart of Glass, like, this is the version that you play. Mm -hmm. Because the original is a little bit thin. It doesn't have a lot of low end. It kind of dies. Like, if you, even if you play it at, like, a wedding, everyone loves it when it comes on, and then it kind of, like, eh, like yeah. fizzles out. So it's like, let's make it. We made it on purpose to be played with Get Lucky. So here's a little, here's a 10 year anniversary DJ hack. You don't have to adjust the BPMs or the pitch or anything. You can play one into the other and blend them seamlessly and they lock perfectly and they're in the same key. Um, so you can, you should, you can and should do that. It's incredible what happens when you combine those two songs. Um, and it was cool because like, like Boy George played it in a mix when it came out which i felt was sort of a uh good cosign like if you're gonna do an 80s remix yeah. you're gonna it's pretty cool if boy george is djing it and um as recently as a couple months ago paris hilton put it on her apple dj mix so you know oh shit I don't know what that means. <laughs> as far as I've, my man. I've never, I've never looked to Paris Hilton for, uh, to, right. you know, like she's the most. Well, I don't know, you tell DJ me, Pereira. is it hot? Is Paris playing it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I guess that's cool. You know, I see people love her. You know, and I'm glad they do. And uh, so that's so it's cool. I'm I'm glad it's still alive. I like that when I go into a club, a DJ will usually play it. And, like that's that's it's good it's nice to have something that can be played at prime time and not like ruin the mood mm. you know because that's always a bummer when you walk in and someone's like oh shit like i'm gonna play your shit and I'm like, don't it's just gonna make <laughs> hey, everyone don't do it, please bummed out and then also me like if you play the wrong one you know and i because i used to see i used to do that for rappers i remember like cool keith came into like i was you know it's like a kind of a commercial club and i saw cool keith and i played papa large and he kind of shook his head and then i saw the dam and i was like i was like oh yeah like that's like no one wants to see that no one wants to, like they like it's a compliment but you're also kind of like not 
You're being like, look Damn, how yeah, much your song reception... like doesn't kill it right now. You know? Right. <laughs> this He's is you. This is yeah. you. Yeah, you did this. <laughs> Yo, here's a little Dr. Octagon, cool Keith. You're like, yeah, yeah that's what I want to do. I mean, that's my favorite. That's my Dr. Octagon is my favorite. And I have been, I am guilty of occasionally playing it in a nightclub. <laughs> but the heart of glass remix i'm lucky to have it it's nice to have yeah something that and especially when i'm doing those open format sets that i talked about like when i'm in there on the low sneaking one in like it's cool that at some point during that that i can play something of my own and know that it's gonna kill and know that's gonna work and i can play it at weddings and the same way that I can play it at a warehouse if mm-hmm. I'm not if like if there's not any new remixes in my set and then I have other little kind of secret versions and edits of it. It's it's nice to have something like that. Yeah. I, I wish I had a lot more stuff like that, but I'm not what you would call um prolific. I was for a short <laughs> while. But I found it hard to be get busy in the studio and like functional as a DJ, like I, it was kind of one or the other for me. Right, that makes sense. Like I haven't been, I haven't been in the studio at all really in the last few years. I'm going to the studio tonight, which is cool. Um, hey, but um, I haven't really been doing much. I'm going to, to do something specific tonight with Felix the House Cat, which is fun. Oh shit! Um, Hell yeah! So no, we, 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 we yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> We'll see. Feelings. We'll see. We'll see what comes of that. Um, hopefully, this is not something I just talked about, and then you, whatever happened to that? Well, nothing. Um, <laughs> is the deal a lot of yeah, times? We'll be checking back in. Right. Um, yeah, we're gonna. Hopefully, by the next up. time I talk to you guys, I will just be living off that Felix the House Cat money. Yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna be your dollar, accountability dollar buddies. We're gonna hit you up. Be like, so what? So what's going on over there with that? Uh, Felix track. <laughs> but I think that's the idea. It's nice to have something, you know, I feel like if someone doesn't know who I am and someone's explaining to me, they'd be like, yeah, you did the, the heart of glass thing. Like, All right. All right, cool. <laughs> well, I was in, yeah. well, I'm also the second one. It's like, we all remember Yolanda be cool, but you know, where's D-Cup? Right, 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 right. right. And shout out to D Cup. That's not a dig. Shout out. I just mean like, people are like, you know, when you think of that song, you know, I'm lucky enough that people associate me with that song. Definitely. But they also mis mislabel it as Oliver Dollar a lot. Uh, oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you have um, a track with Oliver Dollar too. I have a lot of tracks with Oliver yeah, Dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I introduced those guys to each other oh, around crazy. that time oh. too. Oh man. Because um, I put them in the same room, and I was like, "Yeah, you guys can like swap all of the compliments that you've collected because people thought you were the other <laughs> on person. behalf of each other." Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, how did Drake? But even on song? Paris Hilton's mix, like she wrote it as like Oliver Dollar and the Mike B remix, which okay. like if you know Oliver Dollar, you know that he doesn't make anything that sounds like that. Right. But, um, right. I don't know that a Paris very was... a very confusing but different. Yeah, because well, they kind of both dropped at the same time too. Yeah, like, and yeah, and I'm really, I'm really close with both of them. Oliver Dollar and I still actively put out a lot of music together. That's fucking dope. How did Drake pick up that Oliver song, Oliver Dollar? I don't know. Um, I, <laughs> I've never met Drake, so I can't really speak to that. <laughs> and I wasn't around for. I don't know who produced that. Gotcha. Thing. Um, but they also whoever did it did it in a way that they made sure to use more than Oliver used. Uh, like they, they used a part of the Moody Man vocal right. 
that is not used in doing your thing right so it was like yeah we took the same sample but like we went back to the source and got it yeah we didn't get it from the song the the vocals are from you know from a moody man dj set so whoever did that was also smart enough to know that like people were gonna say you took this from here and you took this from there and mm-hmm. a lot of people say that they're like yo did you know people ask Oliver that all the time like did you make many money off that but it's like no you can't well it's because it's, it's an uncleared moody man sample anyway mm-hmm. so it's fair game and yeah. definitely um I, I don't know how they got I mean doing your thing was a big record and you got to remember that Drake is mostly Canadian so like <laughs> You know, like, I mean, like dance music has <laughs> been in the mainstream in yeah. Canada for always. Yeah. You know, they've had, you know, if you look at like old much music stuff and everything, like they were putting on house DJs on TV in like 1997. Mm-hmm. Like it's, a, it's a different world out there. So it's mm-hmm. like they're up on stuff. And that record was a big crossover record. Like someone, I honestly don't know. I've maybe heard that Drake song one time. It's kind of like whatever, right? It's just like thrown in there and like an intro. Yeah, it's, it's, thrown, it's thrown in the middle of the song. For everybody that's listening, I'm talking about uh, Passion Fruit. Yeah, right. And um, yeah, in the middle of the in the middle of Passion Fruit, there's a breakdown. And... Literally right in the fucking middle. If you're yeah, not paying middle, attention, so. you could fuck up the vibe. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> right, yeah, it's like not even a part you really want to play. Or right. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I heard it def- once and I was like, that's cool. Cause he mm. didn't he didn't sample doing your thing. They sampled the same right, the but same they thing. still give Oliver Oliver Dollar credit for Oh, do they? Or yeah. yeah. On the song credits? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they give him credit for uh inspiring. You mean like a like a maybe a production because that. that means they're paying him. Yeah. <laughs> um I don't I, I mm. maybe I saw that. Okay, hold on. Like on who sampled, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, who sampled? Who, that could just who be sampled wrong. isn't paying us. And then also, if it's like a mixtape, you don't get paid, right? Like, oh, yeah. right, right. <laughs> but like, if Spotify song credits, that was Oliver. Though, that's Spotify different. song credits, no, no Oliver Dollar, no okay. Oliver Dollar. So yeah, that's produced, not a fish. produced by Nana Rogues, written by A Graham, Nana, and Forty. Right. Yeah, shout out. So we're already yeah. putting the Heart of Glass on our Spotify playlist for the podcast. Hope it's but... on Spotify. Yeah, it's on Spotify. Really? Yeah, so or, that's going oh, wait on a minute, the, I saw it on uh, Apple Music. My bad. <laughs> yeah, it's on Apple Music because of Paris. Mm. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, maybe that's crazy. Maybe not. Well, since that won't be added on Spotify, you get to pick another song, and it doesn't have to be your song. It could be anything uh, for us to put on the podcast uh, for our podcast playlist. Oh, cool! Um, and I'm deciding that now, live in front of you. Um, <laughs> right, <let's>... live. <laughs> all right, let's see. Uh, what's uh what's out there oh yeah let's do uh i like this song cuddy home that i did i put it out on top billing in 2015 with dj techniques um it's called cuddy it's called cuddy home c-u-t-t-y-h-o-m-e got it the original version that's i think if you would ask me what do i think is my most slept on release like that's one that i feel like no one played or listened to or even liked but like every time i play it in one of my sets it always kills yeah um and like i feel like it's really different than anything i ever made and that it really represents the things i love like it's a little bit techie and but it's definitely baltimore club in its heart um and i think so i think it's like a cool useful record that people are sleeping on and have slept on and will continue to slumber oh i got it 
Got it. Oh yeah. Uh, very last thing. Very last thing. Uh, do you have a Daft Punk story of hanging out with Daft Punk at all? I, I only I hung out with. I mean, I've met them numerous times. We hung out with them once with 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 DJ AM. Mm. Um, I I want to say the story's been told. I'll give like an abbreviated version for your sure. listeners. Um, it was it was November eighth, two thousand eight. Um, we remember that date because that's the day that uh, Barack Obama won the presidency, mm. and yeah. we were and it was right after. Hard Halloween 2008, which is where AM came out in the Daft Punk outfit. Mm -hmm. So he had the Daft Punk outfit mounted on a mannequin in like the entryway of his house. Um, and so me was in town, and him and Busy P were good. There's gonna be a lot of names dropped. Yeah. Um, so be careful. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. Um, so I was at AM's house waiting for so me and busy p and justice and whoever else was going to come by to show us the justice documentary movie that so me had made we were going to watch it in am's theater so we're waiting there and busy p walks in and he says i brought daft punk with me and we were like that's hilarious and then they walked in the house and then they looked at the mannequin and they kind of looked at us and looked at the mannequin. They were like, so like they instantly knew that they were dealing with like super fans, um, <laughs> which was weird. And we started like texting each other, like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Uh, should we take a picture? And I was like, just chill. Like they're, they're in your house. Like, let's just, cool. like, you know. and they hung out and we watched the movie. And then right when the movie was done, uh, Busy P came in and announced that while we had been watching the movie, that Barack Obama had been, nominated or won the presidency and came in with bottles of champagne and then we all drank champagne and passed them around because like, it was one of those things i was like are you gonna drink from like the same champagne bottle as me like are you, you know, you're so famous like do you, know, like do you do that and they were they were they were super cool they just kind of rolled with us they asked they recommended or they asked me for a, a restaurant recommendation for dinner and then they you know we all went out had dinner went to Cinespace where I was playing with DJ Falcon that night and they just kind of hung out in the crowd um, and everyone was running around asking who was Daft Punk and it was really funny. I feel like they asked them a couple times like if they knew where Daft Punk was. <laughs> no one knew what they looked like. And they were being really cool. I think they declined to take pictures with a couple people, but they were kind of around. Um, and then they came to After Hours with us too. We went to like a Thai restaurant that was serving whiskey at three in the morning and we were like drinking whiskey out of coffee mugs. And they like, I left, I think before them. Damn. And they were around. I mean, we didn't have like, you know, like a real meaningful, you know, we didn't, you know, become pen pals or anything like that. <laughs> I think I'm too much of a fan to ever have a functional friendship with them. You know, that's wild thinking about you actually writing a, a paper a actual note to Daft Punk and send it in the mail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like how actually, you, how you guys if, I had, retirement? if I had done that, that's, I feel like they would have been like, we fuck with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> you write them a they, very, you know, 15 years ago. And not a letter to each, but to both of them. Yeah, to both yeah. of them. Yeah. Dear, Dear Tomas guys, and I really enjoyed our time together in Los Angeles. I hope you enjoyed the sushi. 
and uh you know thank you with for the with love and, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly that would have been a classy move i was too busy trying to figure out like what song to talk to them about or whatever. <laughs> i never really did you guys like shaka khan <laughs> <laughs> you need to send them to listen to a live 1997 shirts from you <laughs> that's that's an interesting story i'll have for you next time yes <laughs> hell yes uh mike b before we leave anything you want to promote any releases any shows any anything um uh yeah there's a uh you can get an acid jerks featuring brillstein vinyl is out now on refuge australia um there's probably some other stuff uh, <laughs> um but yeah no, nothing nothing pressing i mean you know go to my spotify go to my soundcloud everything's good there and uh go back and enjoy years and years of stuff don't even worry about the new shit the new shit will sort itself out you gotta go back <laughs> and appreciate how good i used to be i was much better then than i am now and i was much more exciting and interesting so it's like you go and listen to my mixes from 2015 you'd be hard pressed to you know find anything that you can you can uh outdo but um yeah, right now i'm all right i'm good yeah uh, it's pretty it's it's fun <laughs> but yeah old go to my soundcloud and go to the old shit fire listen to old <laughs> do-over sets go to the banana split soundcloud yeah. page and listen to old am sets and like hear what we were doing and like try to get some inspiration from that because like right now i'm just playing like you know house music <laughs> and it's fine it's good <laughs> but it's mostly to dance to it's not really to like talk about or anything like I, love, I love how he i love how he looked around i play house yeah. music yeah is that okay yeah <laughs> it's all it's, 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 and it's fine is the best part I'm Travis gonna Scott has all my, well yeah it's just good. it's just made to have a steady tempo keep your heart rate get your cardio Hell yeah. yeah you know it's, it's not really made thing. It's not meant to be super remarkable. <laughs> We're not inventing the wheel over here. Yeah. yeah, I just want it to be steady. Yeah. yeah. It's God. exactly what it needs to be. <laughs> Fucking great. The Mike B, ladies Dude, and gentlemen. Thank you so thank much, you, man. Thank you, man. What a so pleasure. Thank fun. you. Thank you for having me. It was great talking to you guys. I'm glad we figured out the whole Bob Dylan Nas thing. Yeah. yeah we've been yeah. fucking teetering on that for so long. I don't know. Yeah, you, you picked the right guy to sort it out. Yeah, you helped us work we, that out. We fucking sure. knew we had the right guy for the job. <laughs> oh, my God. Wonderful. Go find right. Mike. That's uh, T-H-E-E-M-I-K-E-B on all socials, correct? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Close enough. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next week with another guest and a whole nother set of stories. Until then, peace. peace. <laughs>